Daisy. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. Yep. Glad you glad you joined us. Yep. Hey, good folks. I'd like you to meet uh, Daisy. Daisy does the artwork for the book, uh, with permission from her mom, by the way. And uh, Daisy, would you be so kind to give us the honor? Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm Daisy. I'm from Belleville, and today we're talking about Ozzy Osbourne. of a rock and roll cameraman the podcast today we're talking and rocking with ozzy osbourne and rock and roll cameraman tony wanamaker thank you pat awesome man yeah, yeah welcome welcome to the show of course welcome to the show you're always on the show and i'm always on the show but i forgot to say who i am and if you don't know who i am it's being put on the screen right now that's pat canavan Ta -da! tony yeah, man. Ozzy Osbourne, you yes. met him a couple of times. Yep. You're a rock and roll dude. You've been to see so many rock stars, so many legends. Very few of them have uh, bitten the head off of a bat. <laughs> True that, Pat. You yep. know? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Tell me about your first experience with Ozzy Osbourne and, and, and how did it come about? Where were well, you? When I think of my first experience, I think in 1971 when they released this album called Master of Reality. Okay. <laughs> but did. that was like well before you were a. Yeah, that was like 13 city. discovering hashish, right? In the stairwell of an underground parking with Davy Summer. And then I get to my classroom in high school in a blue purple cloud, right? I exhaust and. Pissed off my teacher, but I discovered Sweet Leaf and uh, discovered Black Sabbath. <laughs> wow, at 13? Yeah, man. Oh yeah. My. I didn't impress my folks very much. but No, I... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and they knew? They would know. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> With yeah. all the black light posters, they knew. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Wow, so you were yeah. rocking to Sabbath at 13. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it's a teenage lad's band, right? Right, Discovery. I mean, Discovery. when you listen to that song, that coughing off the top, that's that's a re actual recording of Tony Iommi coughing after he just smoked the blunt. <laughs> They use that to put in the song. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. hearing that for the very first time myself, and I thought, "What the Ooh. heck is that?" I was a little more naive than you. <laughs> <laughs> We're all pretty naive back then. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's that's cool. At thirteen, yeah. uh, and then fast forward. Fast forward, nineteen ninety one. I'm excited, man. I'm going to meet the Prince of Darkness, right? Ozzy Osbourne, man. So uh, I just have to think, though, yeah. like you have these. Great experience as a kid. Yes. And then you actually have the fulfillment of, of these uh, wishes, desires, creativity, whatever. Yeah. Happened. You, you, the Batman, the Batmobile. You just cut to the core of the book. And that's the novel aspect is that I'm like you. I was that kid. I love music. I love pop culture. Yeah. The only difference is later in life as an adult, I got to talk to everybody I loved. And spend like real time, and we're going to talk about that those those occasions today. Right? That's absolutely yeah. amazing, yeah. right? So now it's like ninety one. You're at yeah. Much Music, uh, Prince of Darkness, <laughs> Aussie, right? So yeah, it kind of sets the tone. I mean, they're called Black Sabbath for a reason. I mean, it was something they appropriated from a Boris Karloff movie, right? Called Black Sabbath, and Tony Iommi goes on to describe that it means uh, it means uh, corrupted holiness. Okay, there's a lovely oxymoron. Well, yeah, absolutely, right, <laughs> right. Because a Sabbath, <laughs> right, is the opposite of a Black Sabbath. <laughs> there you go, right. Uh, 
So yeah, so it was incredible. And I got uh, immediately a set that came to mind. Boris Karloff, monster movies. It's got to be something right. dark and foreboding, right? Right, sure. So in the bowels of 299 Queen Street West, I set up this interview. And what's really great, Pat, is this building was uh, constructed. The old Ryerson McGraw Publishing House was re- constructed about 1913. So when you go down to the catacombs, right, you really think you're in a, uh, a Bela Lugosi movie, right, or something, right? Oh, yeah, I've been down there. <laughs> it's scary. And it's, oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I uh, managed to convince Ozzy Osbourne to go down there with me, and he was probably game for anything, but didn't think he was traveling that far and in the dark. I had There was no safety lights, no safety rails, no safety anything. We were just going down there, and in this little bubble of light, that's where I had set up this, this scene. But he loved it when he got there. He totally, he totally connected with it. Yeah, it totally vibed with it. Yeah, yeah. well, well yeah. You, you do have that knack of creating an ambiance uh, Fitting Thank you, to man. the talent, right? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You it's know? about listening, looking, really, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and you're a super fan of the guy, so you oh. clearly knew. Oh, he came in with, uh, like, his, his 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 typical, he has these little uh, tiche glasses he likes to wear. Reminds me of John Lennon. He's a big Beatle fan, of course, right? So, yeah, that's where that's I'm certainly comes from. But uh, I was a little worried because his reputation precedes him. He was quite a party, quite a drinker. Well, yeah, he that's what I thought. He was an alcoholic. Uh, he did a lot of drugs. Uh, no question. He'll be the first to tell you. And then he was on the man. So when I met him, he was extolling virtues of being on the man. But I, I, I still, I didn't know. I was a little dubious, Pat. So I kind of took a little sneak around 90 degrees to look behind the glasses. And I went, I'm not really sure what's going on here. So I said to my trusty assistant, Richard Severell, hey, Richard, uh, can you get me a chair with a back on it? Because we can't afford to have the Prince of Darkness falling off on the set. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. And did you say, you're the reason I smoke pot? <laughs> <laughs> well, not really. And it was a good a good thing to say and, 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 and posit that. But he was on this whole kick about sobriety. And good for you, man. And here's actually what he said to me verbatim, right? Oh, he really? Said, he, so yeah. he, was, he was clean and sober when you got to he meet him? He was cleaning up his act. And oh, I've wow. met many okay. musicians, highs and lows, and then there's a clean state that happens right yeah uh but at least you keep trying to come back to clean yourself up and in saying that he said quote i'm not saying i'll never drink again because i've said it a thousand times before uh somebody from the national choir caught me on the floor of a bar with 19 hookers hanging over me with boobies hanging over me trying to lift me up off the floor smashed (laughs) you can't do it on your own right here right now he says to me i'm sober and i'm quite happy you know i thought good for you brother yeah fantastic So that's 91. 91. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, he really cleaned up his act because a lot of stuff had happened to him up to that day. Well, and if I may, the addendum to that, uh, before he left, he made a point of saying to us that he said, quote, in fact, I've changed my whole thing. I've stopped. I've dropped about 35 pounds. I've stopped drinking beer. I haven't been drinking alcohol for the last seven months. And I've been training with a life cycle. They like that plug. And it's only me. I've become a Buddhist monk, you know. Really? Aussie style. Wow. <laughs> Talk about dusting off the Black Sabbath and becoming a Buddhist monk. <laughs> right. Wow. Right. From the highest mountains. Yeah. That's really crazy. Yeah. So who was, uh, you're doing an interview, I guess. Yes, and I'm doing it with lovely Denise Donlin. She did a great job then. She was in a great space. And, you know, he certainly picked up on that and it resonated. So it was a really good room, if you know what I mean. It was yeah, charged. Yeah. Oh, that's Everybody great. wanted to engage, wanted to be creative. Uh, yeah, no, great experience. And then... Um, from there, eight years later, man. Eight years later, you you get to go to the states yeah. to shoot again. Now, now, 
But this wasn't with much anymore. Oh, no, I'm still with much. Oh, okay. Yeah. This, okay. Yeah. I'm getting into sort of my twilight days of much at this point. Yeah. Because I end up moving on from 2000. So it's 1999, and I'm invited to an Ozfest, man. And this, <laughs> I'm there now to see the Mighty Sabs, Black Sabbath, headed by Ozzy Osbourne. Right? Right. So they're back yeah. together, 1999. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tony and the lads have brought them back. Yeah. Yeah, and don't forget, now, when they brought him back, he was fired from the band a long time ago, right? Yeah. From yeah. alcohol and drug use, which is ironic because uh, all the other guys were into drugs and alcohol. And alcohol and drug use, too. <laughs> it was yeah. really, I think, it battles in, in the studio, which is classic. Well, but, sure, creativity and, you know, drugs and this is my line, this is yeah. your line. Yeah, And, that, and that, I think when they place. fired him, he went on to make 12 hit records or something. It was amazing. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah. so he comes back in the band, but this time he's a paid employee, right? <laughs> but he's headlining the band. Is that what happened? Really? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, well, that's really cool. Yeah. So I'm with the other classic uh, guys, and that is uh, Tony Iommi, who plays guitar, right? Yeah. right? And uh, Geezer Butler. Right, and who plays bass guitar, and Bill Ward, who is the drummer. Right. right. So I had them all back. This is the classic configuration that played this song for me in 1971. 1971. And here we are all together. 97. Yeah. Now. So, but I got to get there, man. I got to drive. I'm going to drive 500 kilometers. To, oh, they didn't uh, fly you down or anything? No, no. I had an option to, to go. Uh, to, uh, it's in Cleveland, Ohio, south of Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, and yeah. I said, I'm opting for the ride, man. I okay. love I love driving. So were you solo or did other no, people? No, so I was going to meet. Uh, a caravan was going to. We were going to convene in uh, Cayuga uh, uh, Falls, uh, Ohio, and that's really close to where the Blossom Music Center is. And Pat, you would love this because when I mean, the folks see the pictures of Blossom, you are immediately going to go if you're of our age. Uh, Ontario Place Forum, right? The tubular steel structure, yeah. the fact that there's a, a, a sort of a. a, a a close audience to the proscenium, and then there's the grass, grassy knoll, right. everybody. So that's how this place can exactly can fit twenty one thousand people. That's huge, twenty one thousand people yeah. on eight hundred acres of beautiful, pristine forest and woodlands. Amazing place. Yeah, yeah. So when you get down there, uh, are you there? Do you meet up with another interviewer? Yes, who, who the eclectic Sukian Lee, who is amazing. She's actually a genius reporter. Uh, so I'm down there with her and a, a producer I respect so much, Tanya Nachev. You were amazing always to work with. You did a great job, right? Great. So this, yeah. so this is this isn't like one of the simulcasts or anything like no, that. No, brother. This is, documentary. This is, Documentary. Yeah, oh. this is kind of harkening back to the early days when I would grab a camera and my wife would head with me and away we go and I'd shoot the shit, as my boss used to say, shoot the shit out of it, and I'd shoot the shit out of the show. Right, right. and then you bring everything back and Done. they and they, they make Cut something it all out up of it. And we have an hour program every week on new music. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I'm going to dig for that. I want to mm-hmm. see that on, on YouTube if it's there. Yeah. Um, so, so you're down there, <laughs> but that, like, okay... You go down there. Are you're not going to be running on the stage like like in other shows? You're, you're just going to be you're just going to be trying to interview these guys. A fair point, Pat. I'm not on the stage, but I'm running around. Festivals for me, uh, it's like um, shiny objects to little kids in a candy store. I go bananas. There's so much minutia for me to film. I get crazy. I love it, actually. Oh yeah, that's yeah. your element, right? Because yeah. you're like you're like a hummingbird with a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I like the analogy. That's a good one. So yeah. so you're there, yeah. and and these rock shows, yeah. uh, they bring out other talent. They they bring out other people. I you know it's yes. you know. 
So yeah. who, who was there with him? Well, it was great. Uh, it's, I had a chance to meet uh, Rob Zombie, right? Uh, the lead singer of White Zombie and also. <laughs> Absolutely. He, he became this wonderful director. He even did the remake in 2007, Halloween. But he's known for the slasher films because I have a little issue as since I got back from Haiti with PTSD. I kind of got to watch the slasher films. So I know of them. I know the trailers. But uh, when it comes to Devil Rejects, it's maybe not for me. But he's a great guy. Articulate, smart. He uh, has an affinity for the monsters because he, he, he has a song that was popular and called Dragula, and that's another. We talked about Barris uh, making the Batmobile. George that's Barris, right. yeah, yeah. George, George Barris made the monster made coach the monster. and Dragula for Grandpa Monster, right? So, yeah. So he sings about. It. So he's a great guy. He's into that whole genre. It made sense that he directed it. Lovely to meet him. And then I met a new guy. Not my. <sighs> My genre of choice, it was called New Metal, NU, and uh, it, was, it was headed by a band called Slipknot. So, like, I think oh, it was okay. like nine sites, sociopaths with mask on, right? And, and playing great music. So, it's like the screamer stuff I don't get for a second. And it's lovely, I guess. And, and then it's like a classic pop song. And I go, wow, that's, that's interesting dexterity. Nice job, guys. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, music, it's, it's so eclectic. It's so, you know, you, you can go from Mozart. To the Beatles, to you know, to Ozzy. Whatever your muse, man. You know, and it's all vibration. Pimples, right? Hundred percent. You know, yeah. some you vibrate, some you don't. Got to meet the boss lady. The boss lady. The boss lady. There is a lady who runs Ozfest, and she is the boss, and she is elegant. Right? She is concise. She is warm, but she is direct. Who the heck are you talking about? Sharon Osbourne. Remember Ozzy on the on the reality series? Sharon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, well, of course, now, that, oh, yes. of course, like, she's his rock, right? Oh, she brought his career back. She brought this up. By the way, this was going to be the last North American tour of the Black Sabbath. So, well, again, uh, that uh, we always talk about serendipity, crossroads, what timing, eh? You were there for the last show. And I'd never, ever seen them perform. Ever? So, so needless to say, I hung around for the fifth song, which was Sweet Leaf. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So what was she like? How did, how did she, because she would have to... You know, she's not running the show, but she's oh, she's, she's running the show. She's pack. running the band. Like she's, she's running the whole enterprise. No oh, way! Oh man, she's tickety boo. Uh, what I love about her, uh, and this is this is usually uh, uh, a common denominator with a lot of popular f- uh, people who do really well, is that when she has the two seconds that she's spared in her day, if she has it, uh, it makes it feel like that's the only two seconds in the universe with you, and that's an amazing talent, man. Yeah, that's yeah. so wow. So she's like that. Yeah, she she's introduced very, me to Rob Zombie. She took us over there, and then she finally said, "Hey, uh, this is really uh, a rare opportunity. I'm going to set you guys up with an interview after the show with Black Sabbath." What? Really? WTF moment, man. After the show, though. Yeah, yeah. How do you wrangle a band after the show? Because everybody's still like. <laughs> Well, I learned a long time ago. Well, that's a very stupid question. A long time ago, a lot of people say they're going to do and they don't. George Jones was famous for that, going, yeah, we're going to do the interview. And I remember setting up and I see him running by to his helicopter. And I go, why would he be? Because he's leaving. Absolutely. His work is done. (laughs) I'm out of here. I was with The Who in an old stadium. It's renamed now. I can't remember. But it's Rich Stadium at the time in Buffalo. And I remember and I learned. Actually, one of the first things I learned from John Martin, he says, as soon as you see it, shoot it. Oh, right. So there was the who. They were moving from, I don't know, a truck to somewhere else. And he said, just film that. Just film. I said, John, I'm, I'm, I'm two miles away. It's going to be shaky. Just please just film it. So I did. Bup, bup. And sure enough, we get the word. Who's not going to do the interview? At least we had that footage to use. Right. John Martin. Follow him. Right. Smart yeah. man. Yeah. Smart man. Well, he, you know, he was a rock and roll drummer himself. So yeah, exactly. He knows how crazy yeah. it can get. Yeah. So did you, like, 
you got a chance to uh, shoot the band. Well, film the band, and this is interesting because at that time, again, we go back to that notion, reputation, reputation precedes you. And I kept seeing Ozzy go back to the drum kit to grab a little bottle, look like a Mickey, and having a hit. And I thought, oh, man, you're drinking on stage. What's going on here, right? Oh, really? Yeah, and then, but yeah. then I went, wait a second. Why did Tony Iommi walk over and kind of pat him on the back like, hey, brother, it's okay? Well, I find out after the show. Uh, he's in his 50s, uh, he has allergies, and his throat's screwed up. And so he's drinking cough syrup. He pounds two bottles of this stuff in the first three songs to get it together. And in the wings, there's this lovely-looking young man, right, who's a great mane of hair. I thought it was a young Robert Plant, and he's obviously arched back, and he's hitting high notes for Ozzy, so they're just mixing it over, right? Oh, no way. Yeah, and yeah. he has Ozzy's tone? Because Ozzy has a very distinct sound. And I agree, but, and, and this is, I think, to qualify, Pat... Uh, can you hear that distinction under Tony Iommi's solid, oh, yeah. heavy metal? I don't know. I really don't know. You might get bits. Um, we were going to chat about, we were talking about uh, the other day about famous guitars having a chance to work with. Sure. And here was another seminal guitarist I worked with, Tony Iommi. Now, quickly, Tony Iommi is, is really unique because he's a right-handed player, right? So this, so he's this side here. And these two fingers, his middle finger and ring finger, he was uh, Birmingham. These are all uh, blue-collar boys. Yeah, yeah. And he's working the, the press, and they cut his fingers right off. It took him right off. <laughs> yeah. So he managed to figure out something with some glue, a bit of his old leather jacket, as a matter of fact, some plastic, and put together these prosthetics for fingertips. Now, they told him at the hospital, you might have to learn to play this way. But he said, no way, I, this is the way I play. So to continue playing, he had to adapt a new style. And what he did, Pat, and you'll appreciate this as a musician. First of all, he learned to detune his guitar yeah. from E down to C sharp. Yeah. The other thing is that they didn't have... They didn't have flexible strings in, so he had to use banjo strings, so he'd get the flexibility he needed, okay? So now he can do trills. We talked about Eddie Van Halen the other day and his fact that he can do hammer-ons. Yeah. <laughs> I only had to do it because it was it's a consequence. That's the only way he could get that note. So what he loved and what was happening is he realized, and all smart guys realize this in the confluence of ideas, is that, wait a second, we want a heavier, fatter sound. And now, because dropping... A semitone and a half. You got the looser strings. Now you've got that distinct Black Sabbath sound. Yeah, it's amazing, right? Yeah, it's and a it's an electric wall. It's fantastic, and yeah. that goes to the notion. Much like Led Zeppelin, people don't know they all started. They all wanted to be influenced by the blues, dude. They wanted to play blues. That's right. And yeah, here's yeah. some more of that, right? Yeah. So that was fantastic, and meeting this iconic guy. He, is amazing because he's got, if you see earlier pictures, he's got the short little haircut and he looks like a page you'd find in a Camelot series, oh, right? Yeah. It's always great, right? Okay. And waiting for the, the hook little boots and little outfits, fantastic. But uh, he sets her in the long, uh, the uh, the uh, long rider coat, right? Uh, the Western motif and it's all black leather. He's all black, everything's black. And he just has his way of playing, right? Uh, majestic. Oh yeah. yeah, an absolute style. Absolute, Absolute style. style, you know. Well, the first song, you appreciate it, was War Pigs. And so you had to hear the blood-curling sound of sirens going off and about the battle toes for the pot, the battle yeah. toes for the, and then suddenly War Pigs. And it was like, you know what? For those of us of certain age who were expecting that kind of concert, you got it. Yeah. There's no question. Thank you. You delivered. For those in the first, second, and third row of the concert, they got soaked. Soaked, yeah. Because he had water buckets above suspended because he'd just get crazy. He'd do a frog thing. He calls it the frog hop. He does. 
right? And then he walks over, grabs a bucket of water, and hits somebody with it, right? And it's always parked over by Tony Iommi. And then finally, those who were out of the splash zone thought, hey, we're fine. Yeah, right? yeah. We're immune. <laughs> Look above. <Whoa. laughs> wow. Right. It was a hot day, but it turned into a cool night. So those ones in the front were like, mm. but Yeah, so what time of year was this? This would be... Because you wouldn't want to be doing summer. this in Winnipeg in January. No, no, no. But we're getting into summer, so I think spring, summer, Pat, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I remember it was it was lovely day, but it got cool really fast, right? So, oh, okay. But I get backstage... Well, allergy and, season, really, for, for... Well, to your point, and that's why yeah. we maybe saw Ozzy being sick, right? The publicist right. admitted all this stuff later. Yeah. Uh, but what was interesting, so we get inside the dressing room, the inner sanctum, I'm going to be with the biggest band. What was weird, though? I saw this earlier, I guess a lifetime of access. You might have a little bit of shuffling problems later, a little physiology problems maybe i don't know i saw ozzy as soon as i came in the backstage the green room they call it right at the blossom center for artists sure and there he was looking a little disheveled maybe performing things you know and he was making his way out right uh, you know didn't look himself is this is before the show before we did the interview oh just so after the show yes and now we're convened in a dressing room. Iomi's already there. Uh, Butler's there. Uh, I don't recall if the drummer was there. But anywho, uh, Ozzy finally comes in later. But the great thing about it, this was, a, a, I call them roadie lifers. And these are the guys and gals. And their whole life is, you know, for the holy grail is rock and roll and they're serve yeah. musicians. Oh, and yeah. they do and a they're great job. Certainly. So they usually come up to you, Pat, and... They have a couple of laminates they wear, right? They like sure. to wear laminates, Pat. So they get all these laminates on, right? And they kind of have laminates going on, right? And then they usually have a God's own mullet, man, right? And they're walking around. So they got this happen. And they have a little a little sprayer, a little atomizer going around. There's just spray, right? Right? And he's like, pss, 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 pss. What for? And, well, because you got to have a nice aroma in the room, okay? I see. And in the middle of that, we're asking, do you have tea do we have any tea and uh so this guy intrigued me and i kind of forgot about the interview i just kind of focused on him for a while because he's lovely man he's totally into it so yeah so i loved it and by the way folks uh this is a little bit of uh past performance as we covered yeah <laughs> my god there must be one or two for each show right <laughs> right <clears throat> yeah so, so then so then you get to walk. Well, no, you're, you you staked your claim. You you sat there. You must have sat there and waited for the band to come out because you don't want them to oh, take off Oh, I got back as soon you. as they said it. I, I said, yeah, exactly. I, I, I uh, staked my turf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I now know your, your uh, M.O. And so the band came back and, and, and uh, you got the interview? Got the interview and it was great. And Kate, uh, Kate if you kindly indulge me there, and just slide in on that. So yeah, so I got to meet all of the band members, right? Uh, it was glorious. The thing that was interesting is um, when I've spoken with Keith Richards, he's difficult to understand because he's a mumbler like Ozzy. Ozzy is a mumbler too, right? Right. And, but Keith, it's it's more profound because of the accent, right? But with Ozzy, I just maintained a rubric where I went, okay, if he laughs, I'm laughing. If he's frowning, I'm going to frown. And so I, I mixed up the cues, and I frowned when I should have laughed, and, man, he shot me a bad look. <laughs> well, I apologize, whatever it was. But uh, we cleared that up and moved on. Anyways, show yeah. comes to an end. I say our goodbyes. Thank you, thank you. And I got to get home. I'm feeling, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive 500, 500K plus another two, 700K, I'm going to go home. 
I just got this, this, I gotta go. Okay. And so friend of Sukiyin said, hey, look, well, why don't you just give me your room then? And Sukiyin and I don't have to stay together. We can split up. And I went, great. Um, what do you got in exchange? And she says, hey, I've got some of this moonshine. What? And I go, moonshine? No, no. She goes, yeah, it's one of those Uber drinks, man. It's an energy drink, but I kind of made it myself. So this the last is- time I did that was <laughs> with a voodoo doctor in Haiti. And this is the guy who procures medicine for Jacqueline uh, 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 Kennedy Onassis. And uh, anyways, I drank that and I got a parasite. I was sick for months, right? So, but I no. wasn't thinking. So I went, you know what? I'll take that moonshine, right? And so I'm drinking this stuff and whoo! Man, I'm a rocket boy, and I'm flying up towards, I'm past the Cleveland Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I'm going, sure. oh, man, look at me, look at me. So I'm thinking, I'm shaking a lot. What's going on? This is moonshine, whoa. And I have to stop for a pee, finally, right? So I get out, and I know it's bad because I'm shaking and peeing on my feet, right? So it's not working. So I finally get to the border, and I'm suffering, and I think, they are going to think at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm passing this customs border that, that I'm a meth addict. There's something going to be wrong here. So I'm paranoid. Yeah, no doubt. But I forgot. My truck is all marked much music. Right. There's not many trucks that go through the border stop at Fort Erie, you know, dressed like that. So through I go. I come up to the gate, and the guy goes, wow, cool, much music. What were you doing? I said, covering offices. Wow, can't wait to see it. When can I see it? And I went, uh, yeah, soon. Uh, just look for it. The promos. And he went, great. Boom. Have fun. Oh, lucky you. So I pull over the side of the road. I'm freaked out. Holy shit. What happened? I was scared. I look in the back, I see a third of the moonshine left. I hit that, I flew home. Done! What the hell was in it? (laughs) Energy drink. I didn't get a parasite, so that's good, right? Uh, It was uh, was special flu, uh, fuel for me, special uh, fuel. Was it Aussie's cough syrup? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so I had a chance to meet the the Mighty Sabs and our friend uh, uh, Ozzy Osbourne. How cool is that? And it's a real rock story. It's one of those, like, it's seminal when you're a kid. You know, it's one of those bands. And again, here's a band. Never would I think when I was hanging at my friend's basement listening to Master of Reality that we would be spending quality time together. What a dream come true. Yeah, man. And talk about dreams come true. This show is full of great stories and excitement. Rock stars, sharks, craziness. Um, so I want to thank you for tuning in to Confessions of a Rock and Roll Cameraman and being part of the group. Please sign up to our website. We'll send you out the novelette medley of the 80s. We've got lots of giveaways coming, man. That's for That's one thing. That's true. we got tons, tons of giveaways that we're going to start hearing about. Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Some really good, good stuff in there. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>